Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Mankind has always strove for achievement. To be able to prove your worth against others and perform great deeds of skill and athleticism. Today, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is drinking games, because sometimes you can't talk to people in the room with you, even with alcohol's help. So instead, we concoct some rules that we can't remember by the time we're finished playing, and everyone has a good blackout. Now, never before have we needed to stress the, the need to drink responsibly, because we know that you're still going to have a drink. <laughs> Have a drink, a show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. And I'm Christopher Walker. And for a bit of time traveling, uh, just like to wish everyone happy National Beer Day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or yeah, yeah. It is when today, you guys are it? when you guys are hearing this, uh, it's it's not quite. Uh, It'll definitely be, be after the fact. <laughs> you, you can look at a calendar and figure out when this was recorded. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we needed to do need to get some in the bank. For to avoid some uh, future issues, so yeah, but that's fine. Speaking uh, of which, there's been moving happening everywhere. <clears throat> I understand someone already was helping someone move. Will be helping someone move. Oh, will be. Oh, after we're done recording, I'm going to go. Oh, I thought you went went out earlier today and got drenched in the rain. No, no, I just saw the torrential downpour and was just wondering if it was going to be still going by the time I went over there. And I was like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Joy. So, I, I have that still still to come. It's alright. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I guess our, uh, what we've been up to is uh, the pre-show was us just getting pooped on. Just, just a never-ending stream I don't think it was ever going to end. He had been fussy all morning, and we're just like, what is wrong? And then oh, finally baby decided. Did it. I just, I thought you had paid someone. Well, we just finally decided, you know what, let's let's just go on with the show. We can get this figured out as we go, do it on the fly. And we have the little windy things. We've talked about them before. Where they're, you, they're worth their weight in gold. Where, yeah, you just, <laughs> you, you lube it up and you stick it up his butt, and it's just a little kazoo, and it just, like, gets the gas out. She's like, maybe he's gassy. She sticks that in there and we just hear a little... It's like, okay, he's a little gassy. She pulls it out, and then with that comes this poop everywhere. Just just, just poop. Like a waterfall of, of green. Well, guys, you don't go chasing waterfalls. You stick to the rivers and streams that you're used to. If only we could. <laughs> yeah, it was like half a pack of diapers to get it under control. Because every time we thought he was done, no, no, he wasn't. He was laughing at us the whole day. He knew what he was doing. He knew. He's smiling I, and laughing. 
I would have been like throwing diapers on him. Like not even like putting him in the right spot. Like there's one on his head. Just like, no, everything. Just stop this. Oh, uh, stop the hemorrhaging. I have to imagine he feels much better now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I mean I mean I usually do when, when I go through five diapers. But fact. on top of that, um, getting starting to get things packed and realizing you know you can't you don't have what you need really to get everything packed yet, and it's still too far out. You're like, well, crap! I'll be using that. And also thinking about like all of the command strips we have to buy because <laughs> we like live on those things. Yeah, go get everyone. Go get stock in 3M because we're buying all the command strips. Oh my gosh, so we have so many things hanging up with those, and then like. When we move, it's like, oh, God, we're going to have to buy, like, a thousand of these. All the acoustic foam is hung with command strips, and it's just... Yeah. <sighs> All right, with that... Well said. With that, I believe we have Movie Draft Minute. Welcome to your Movie Draft Minute, presented by DiamondClub.tv, for the week of April 15, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay, brought to you by The Shovel. A real groundbreaking invention. Let's go to the scoreboard! Dean's Ritual Misery and the VOD Squad are all tied for last place, still waiting for the first film. Team Drunk Kids Gaming is in fourth place with $17.1 million. Team Game Night is in third place with $97.2 million. Team Movie Party is in second place thanks to the curse of La Llorona bringing in $12 million, bringing their total to $179.5 million. And in first place, for another week, Edge Team Have a Drink with $559.2 million. That's your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute. All totals are accurate as of April 20th, 2019. Oh, yeah. So that was a nice nice little update there from Big Voice J, National Treasure. All right. I believe we actually have a semi-decent topic. Been up that truck. Sneaky bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. And this is a community suggestion one, so you can always hop into our Discord where we take suggestions for episodes. And uh, quite a few have come from this. By the way, has there ever been a more fitting like intro to the <laughs> to our topic? Yeah, no, like, that one pretty much... We've like, been using this one forever, but this is... It just works even better for, like, Oktoberfest and then this. And it, like, yeah. It's the, it's the right choice. Oh, it's a real test of any beer drinker's metal. Uh, sorry, I was also just surprised because I've uh, been having my actual beer for the show stashed in a cooler oh. with the glass, and I pulled it back. I was like, "Oh, my glass is cold now." Hmm. <laughs> Aren't I fancy today? Well, uh, anyway, we're talking about drinking games today, so let's let's go to the wayback machine. Let's talk about the history. So the history of games dates to the ancient human past. Games are integral to the parts of all cultures and are one of the oldest forms of uh, human social interaction. I'm liking to imagine cavemen just sitting there going, all right, we hit three sticks. One who breaks stick, eat eat fizzy grape. It's probably where it, where it was initially, but I mean, we got to build, build the foundations here, like with just games. No, no games booze are, involved yet. I'm just saying, games are games are how we learn. Exactly. So, 
Games are uh, a form of formalized expression to of play, which allow you to go behind, go beyond immediate imagination and directly into physical uh, indirect physical activity. Common features of games include uncertain uncertainty of outcome, agreed upon rules, uh, uh, competition, separate pl- uh, place and time, elements of fiction, elements of chance, prescribed goals, and personal enjoyment. I mean, enjoyment but, is really kind of beside the point. There's always going to be someone that's a little butt hurt if you're playing the games correctly. I mean, uh, it depends. Not not all games are necessarily competitive. Uh, some games are just, in fact, you have cooperative games. If we're looking like board game space, some uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is not necessarily uh, a a competitive thing however someone will get butt hurt in a game of dungeons and dragons that's yeah that's a hard that's a hard and fast rule that that's just a given that's what happens oh we're gonna play D. oh someone's gonna get mad yeah let's move on to alcohol our old friend <laughs> yeah that sounds like we're ready for it uh, consumption of alcohol seems to predate modern Homo sapiens, uh, with many primates having the ability to meta- uh, metabolize alcohol, likely in the form of fermenting fruit. You know that good uh, old, good old monkey drunk. I'm just saying, we tried that last Oktoberfest, <laughs> and it—it's a thing. It was a nice, tasty, fizzy grapes and fizzy pineapples. I mean, come on. Didn't make them taste bad. Just gave them. A unique uh, mouthfeel. <laughs> well, uh, the, uh, let's see. Uh, evidence of alcoholic beverages has fa- been found dating from uh, 54,000 to 5,000 BC. 5,400. 5,400, sorry. 5,400 to uh, 5,000 BC in Haji Turiz Tepe. Iran. I don't know. Right. Uh, in Iran. Uh, in uh uh, 3,150 B.C. in ancient Egypt, uh, 3,000 B.C. in Babylon, and 2,000 B.C. in pre-Hispanic Mexico, and 1,500 B.C. in Sudan. Uh, according to Guinness, uh, and they would hopefully know, <laughs> the earliest firm evidence of wine production dates back to 6,000 B.C.E. in Georgia. The country, not not the... Uh southern state I just you don't like know it, it, <laughs> i mean it may not be the oldest recorded but i'm just imagining someone out there in georgia going you know I, again i don't assume that the native americans at the time had this accent but let's just go with it with the y'all hey y'all you know i think if uh <laughs> i think if we put these uh these grapes here into they didn't have grapes we put this wheat here into <laughs> we put these peaches yeah <laughs> fermenting peaches Mm, uh, you schnapps. know, real quick aside, every so often I have to remind myself of the difference in uh, 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 produce that was in the the early history because I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a lot of it that we have all over the world now that didn't come from there. Yeah. Uh, that old Colombian exchange where they gave us potatoes and tomatoes yeah. and we gave them syphilis and smallpox. And horses. 
Technically, we brought the horses back. Well, the original horses didn't have hooves, yeah. so they had lesser horses. <laughs> Although, wouldn't you like to ride a horse that had toes? <laughs> oh, God, no. That's nightmare <laughs> fuel. <laughs> like, just two big ones, like, <laughs> Oh, no. Instead of cleaning out the shoe at the end of the night, you're just in there, like, cleaning out toe jam between its... Oh. Ah, uh, there's something wrong with me. Anyway, uh, perhaps it was inevitable that these two traditions, gaming and drinking, should come together. Uh, they were, re- you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily reunited, but it did feel so good. Uh, <laughs> if you thought that drinking games uh, were invented in recent years by students uh, playing Ring of Fire, Roxanne, and Beer Pong, you'd be very wrong. <laughs> uh, Furry Viking says that I need help. And yes, yes, I do. Uh Our boozy ancestors and their inebriated friends have been playing alcohol since ancient times. So before I move on any further, what's the first thing you think of when you think of, like, ancient drinking, like, games of some kind? Brittany? I was say, I like the idea of them just throwing a rocket at each other. And just someone goes, ow! Or, uh! And it's like, you drink! Um, something involving... Well, I'm not thinking of cavemen, but something involving, um... A debate. Mm. Okay. The debate thing does remind me that in uh, the Mongolian Empire, after the death of Genghis Khan, they decided to try to figure out what was the best religion, and they did do it through a drunken debate and wrestling match. <laughs> you know, that, that is the most democratic way. Uh, furry Viking says axe throwing. Uh, my first thought is uh, the... the uh, I don't know the name of the game, but you will know it. From aliens, you know, when they're like putting the knife in between the the knife game. Yeah, I I envisioned that as a drinking game because, uh, you know, you're gonna keep losing more and more fingers until (laughs) until someone chickens out. Every time you lose a finger, you have to drink. Yeah, I was gonna go with stab yourself, and then you just keep stabbing yourself, and then finally you pass out. Go, okay, good, he's done because he's already down three fingers. All right. Well, drinking games are defined as an activity played for fun where the primary purpose is to drink a lot or to get someone from the group drunk. I will say there's a hilarious amount of serious study done into this whole topic. Like, if you want a lot of pure scientific research, it's out there about drinking games. They're already at the college. You know, why why worry about it? They're there. (laughs) They might as well get paid for their drinking with a small, you know, s- small little stipend. It just seems the most efficient use of their time. Or just the best way where you can get those two, you know, circles to cross over each other. We need something they need volunteers for. What can we get a bunch of college students to sign up for? Oh, Well, Willie Peterson defines them as a situation in which alcohol is consumed and where the interaction is likely linked with a with definite standardization and previously agreed rules. Uh, Drinking games involves a set of rules defining them, uh, defining when and how much alcohol participants will consume. These uh, these rules ensure the consumption of large amounts of alcohol in a short time. Uh, nowhere has that tradition uh, more enthusiastically been celebrated than at the ancient Greek symposium. I love symposia. <laughs> uh, 
the symposium has no modern day equivalent, but most Athenian houses had one. It was an annexed circular room. In the house, there were a number of upholstered podiums set against walls where guests would lie prone. The floor was sl- uh, sloped to make it easier, uh, make it much easier. And after a session in the symposium, there was uh, a lot to make cleaning easier. Sorry. I was like, make what easier? I, I missed a word. Sloped was uh, the floor was sloped to make cleaning easier. And after a session in the symposium, there was a lot of this to be done. The most frequently documented game from the time was a game of Kodobos. Uh Considered it as a precursor to beer pong, only more potent, considerably more messy. Yeah, because back then, your options were wine or wine. <laughs> but this game was amazing, and we have to play it. There are videos out there of uh, a college group uh, studying uh, ancient Greece, who reenacted how to play Kotabos, I think, I, I'm not sure how to say it, but they got together and, like, formed and tried to play this game, and it's hilarious. Mm. It's a riot. I think we need to do it at the next Drinktacular. I mean, I, I'm for it. All I'm thinking now is that uh, I went to the wrong school and should have been going there. Also, there is now a wine label you can buy. There's a Kotabos wine. Well, Katabos had two iterations. The preferred way to play, which the iteration, uh, iteration often depicted in plays and especially in pieces of pottery, involved a pole. Well, that has me nervous. <laughs> Players would place a small bronze disc called a plastinix uh, on top of it. The goal was to flick dregs of one's wine at the plastinix uh, so that it would fall making a clattering clash as it hit the mains, uh, a metal plate or domed pan that lay roughly two-thirds down the pole. The competitors reclined on their couches, arranged in a square or circle around the pole a couple of yards away. Each then took turns launching their wine from the Kelix, a shallow circular vessel with a looping handle on each side. Uh, the less common version of the game features uh, players aiming at a small number of bowls which floated in water within a larger basin. In this case, the object of the game was to sink as many of the bowls as possible uh, with the same uh, with the same arching sh- uh, shots. It's kind of like Battleship. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, what's the one where it's like you know, you're 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 ah, whatever. Sorry, I'm just picturing uh, Beer Fest right now, and there's the. <laughs> Anyway, since it lacked the resounding clang of the uh, plastinics striking the mains, this version of Kotabos has been regarded as the quieter, more civilized way to play. The technique was essentially main, uh, maintained uh, elegant form, accuracy, and to avoid spilling on oneself. The player uh, sprawled on the couch, a uh, drinking couch, and then propped up on their left elbow, placed two fingers through the loop of one handle, and cast the wine dregs in a high arc towards the target. The technique has been li- likened to the motion of a javelin, so I'm assuming like an overhand... Yeah, there's all kinds of pottery that you can find examples of this, and it's all fantastic to see. Uh, this was due to the way the player th- uh, threaded their fingers through the handle in the same way one held the leather straps used to throw the spear. Leather straps for javelin? I always thought javelin throwing was like have it in your hand and throw. I don't know. I've never I'm- done it. <laughs> Maybe we're picturing it wrong. I don't know. Possibly. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Critias, yeah, I guess Critias, uh, the fifth-century academic and writer, wrote about this glorious invention stemming from Sicily, uh, where we put a tar- uh, put up a target and shoot at it with drops from our wine cups whenever we drink it. Uh, 
While a handful of modern academics question the game's Sicilian origin, Catabos definitely spread throughout parts of Italy as the Etruscans played it, and Greece as well. Uh, Catabos craze even resulted in industrious people uh, building special round rooms where it could be played, so all competitors could be equidistant from the target. Yeah, when they mentioned square, all I was thinking was just like, wait, is this like drunken ancient four square? Like, mm. <laughs> but no, it... yeah, furry Vikings, like I'm in. I swear, if there was ever a thing that sounds more like the like me, you, and him would enjoy, just it's this... everyone just laying on couches in a big circle, flinging also, wine around the room. Also, I have a new piece of furniture I have to buy now, which is the drinking couch. <laughs> It has to be wine colored. Just, just get it. <laughs> has to be a nice I'm, deep burgundy. I'm just picturing like a burgundy fainting couch. Yeah, that, that's exactly I what I was it picturing. For, but I repurpose it as the drinking couch, and I just like, mm. well, hello. Everyone no, has it's got to be, be it's got to be black to hide all the stains, stouts, <laughs> whatever I'm drinking. So uh, togas are that's or a nice, uh, nice airy. Cloaks. That's where we need to go with dress. Or I would say naked, but no. If secret, no, but nobody wants to be that and, sticky. This is why me and you couldn't have uh, toga parties uh, <laughs> when we were in school because we would be trying to arrange stuff like this. Like, oh no, we've got to play this instead. Guys, no one wants to play your ancient Greek game. You say that now. <laughs> to be fair, most ancient Greek games were just sex with other men. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much you what say I'll that like there's a problem <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it oh. yeah you go go full seinfeld not that there's anything wrong with it <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well let's move from ancient greece to ancient china uh to be a little more specific the tang dynasty so i i'm going to i can't hear china properly pronounced now all i hear is china yeah well, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Thank you. So apparently the Tang Dynasty uh, developed a bit of a reputation for being some partiers. Uh, but uh, where drinking games ultimately afforded ancient Greeks an opportunity to assert their prowess in matters of love, the ancient Chinese often approached the tradition uh, with the more intellectual mindset. That isn't to say that drinking itself was carried out with less gusto, though. Uh, quite the contrary. In ancient China, as in many cultures today, solitary drinking was ill-advised. Instead, drinking was approached... I mean, that is, the, that is the sign that you have a problem. Typically. It's nice to see that back then they thought the same. <laughs> approached with renau, a term which literally means hot and noisy. <laughs> hot and noisy. That's, uh, Brittany, was that a rejected, uh, rejected handle name? <laughs> I mean, that's not wrong right now. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just saw that and I was like, hot and... No, I was going to make a joke about myself, but I was like, no, hot and spicy is, is, is right there. That just seems... But it was a fitting name. Uh, gatherings in ancient China, especially during the Tang Dynasty, were just that. As the archaeologist Ethan D. Ains writes uh, of the culture in his article, Carousing with the Ancients. Carousing? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, with... There are notable accounts of Bacchanalias to rival any Roman orgy. I'm pretty sure they didn't call them Bacchanalia in in uh, in Greece and in, in China. No, but you know they're they're saying <laughs> compare yeah. it. 
Uh, drinking games were enjoyed in ancient China, usually incorporating the use of dice or verbal exchange of riddles. During- okay. I am all for a Chinese riddle off in the middle <laughs> drunk. Oh, we would fail. It's too too hobbity. <laughs> <laughs> we just all it's a race to say who what's in my pocket first. <laughs> During the Tang Dynasty, the Chinese used a silver canister where uh, where they put in written lots to be drawn uh, that designated which player had to drink and specifically how much. So this will this will sound kind of familiar for a modern game. For example, from one, five, seven, or ten measures of drink that uh, the youngest player, or the last player to join the game, or the most talkative player, or the host, or the player with the greatest alcohol tolerance, etc. You see, it's it's basically an early form of never have I ever. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's just arbitrary things people are saying to make specific people drink. Uh, never have I ever overthrew a third world country. <laughs> so uh, there were even drinking game referee officials, including a registrar of the rules who knew all the rules to the game, a registrar of the horn who tossed a silver flag down on calling out second offenses. Like, they had a professional ref for their drinking games. And a governor who decided one's third call of offense. So there were three different officials for a single drinking game in ancient China. And each, like, the first one was the yellow flag, the second one was the red flag, and the third one was just like, forget it, you're out of here. These referees were used mainly for maintaining order, as drinking games often became uh, rowdy. And for reviewing faults that could be punished with a player drinking a penalty cup. Now, <laughs> oh, the penalty cup. What? What would be the penalty cup? What uh, do you think would be the dregs of everything else everyone else has drank? So it's just the king's cup. That's the penalty yeah. cup. That's that's my assumption. Well, if a guest was considered a coward for dropping out of the game. He could be branded as a deserter and not invited back to further drinking bouts. So if you wanted to keep your friends and keep uh, keep with the drinking fun, you, you just dealt with it. You sucked you it pass, up. You pass out like a good, honest person. Exactly. Uh, so there was another game where little puppets and dolls, this one is really weird, uh, dressed as Western foreigners with blue eyes, uh, meaning to represent Iranian peoples, were set up, and when one fell over, the person it pointed to had to empty his cup of wine. A little, little racist. I mean... A little racist. <laughs> I'm just saying, back then, everything was a little bit racist. I mean, we've all seen Song of the South. We, we know. Uh, we've all seen Dumbo. Yeah, oh, oh. Just don't do it. Oh. All right, well, moving on to a different area entirely. Let's start moving up in our time frames here because we've been, uh, well, we started ancient Greece, Greece, which was 5th to 4th century BCE. We moved up ancient China during the Tang Dynasty, which is about 618 to 907. And now we're coming close to the, we're coming into the 16th century. A little, little bit of a jump here, but things kind of stagnated for a while. Yes. They had the games they wanted to play. Yes. Then the Incan Empire. Uh, this is Dudo, which is Spanish for I doubt. Uh, according to legend... I doubt that. 
the 16th century game was played throughout the Incan Empire. Throughout that, uh, though, yeah, thought that King Atahualpa, Hulpa, uh, that one, taught it to the conquistador Francisco Pizarro, uh, who took it back to Spain. How is it played? Well, you may be familiar with the card game known as Cheat among other names, in which the object of the game is to be the most convincing liar. Dudo is similar, but played with dice instead of cards. Every player has five dice, which they shake in a cup, and they can then take turns to say which number they have, facing up, until someone challenges the claim. So if That sounds fun. It's, it's bull. It, uh, yeah. Bull and... Um... But the dice thing sounds like a better version of playing it, I think. Well, everyone would know it from because it's what they're playing in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean in Dead Man's Chest. Mm. Ah. When they're on the ship, it's what all the cursed sailors are playing. It's like yeah. cheaters dice or something like that, where you, yeah. you shake it in the cup, you flip it over, you take a peek, and you you got to you know say I've got however many sixes or however many whatever, and then it's that whole you calling me a liar thing. Yeah. Okay. We have uh, we we talked about like you know stories about drinking games. The one I will tell later involves dice. <laughs> but I always thought this was a fun game. I mean, when you play as a drinking game, it's just literally whenever you get called out and you lose, not only do you lose a die, you have to take a drink. So as, it's, as the more that you get called out and the more that you lose, the, the, harder, less, it's going yeah, to be. the harder it is for you to live because you've lost more and more dice as the game goes on. I think this is a fun one. It is uh, in our modern section. It is still a very much played game. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of uh, when it said, like, oh, like a game where, like, you know, they be the most convincing liar. And it reminded me of the two times I've played. Secret Hitler? Uh, no. I <laughs> oh, played one, that one's good. one game of Secret Hitler, but uh, Coup. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's good, too. Because I played with you guys, and you guys could kind of tell when I was lying. Yeah, because we played at Nerdtacular. Let me tell you, I am yeah. so bad at those games, the, the, the pretending one way or the other. I just can't do it. I, I'm. I can't tell who's lying. I can't do it myself. Like I, I'm so I, bad at them. I played this with my friend Yoshi and her friends, and her friends didn't know me. It was like the first time I met them, and Yoshi accused me of being a sociopath <laughs> because she's like, "How are you lying all the time?" Uh, it's just sometimes it feels best to lie. Sometimes it feels like, you know, I, I'm working on a different level of lying than you guys are. I don't know. <laughs> See, uh, but, but you guys are like, no, no, you're full of crap. I. <laughs> games like this are kind of for that reason kind of garbage when you're playing with your close friends they're best played with strangers because that's, bit, when we play yeah. secret hitler everyone immediately just stops and looks at ian they're <laughs> like he's ian. hitler <laughs> yeah and he's just like it's what real, the hell <laughs> it's a real shame when uh when me and him were fascists <laughs> and we look up and then he starts laughing and i go <laughs> yeah, that and uh, was werewolf. Where everybody always says he's werewolf. He's everyone, werewolf. It's like, all right, everyone, put your heads down. And someone's like, "It's Ian. Why are we even playing?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Uh, it's always an interesting, interesting style of game. All right. Well, uh, moving on to again a different area, uh, and but this the same era. Uh, so this is the wager cup. Wager cups were used from around the 16th century in England, Holland, and other parts of Europe. 
made of wood, pewter, or silver. Most cups took the form of a woman in a long dress or skirt holding a pail above her head. The skirt and pail, which should swivel all the way around, were both filled with wine. The drinker was expected to finish the contents of both cups without spilling a drop. If any wine escaped, the unfortunate drinker presumably had to pay a forfeit. It's also thought that cups like this um, were used at wedding banquets in 16th and 17th century Nuremberg, Germany. Apparently, the groom would drink wine out of the skirt while the bride would simultaneously attempt to drink it out of the pail without getting any on her pretty gown. <laughs> okay, wait. I'm I'm confused. So this was played all over uh all over uh-huh. northern Europe because so, uh, uh, right. they, they had these in they were found uh found these in Ireland as well. Right. So there's a there's a a a Simulacrum of a of a woman yes. holding a pail. So and uh, just Google Google the wager cup, and there's pictures of. Yeah, them. I'm looking for them. The, there's plenty of them. They're not hard to find. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait, how do you drink from both? So they they swivel. Like some of most of the ones that they have pictures of aren't the correct. Like it's a think of the skirt's supposed to be basically a swiveling cup. Oh wait, wait. Okay, well the way this looks, I, I can see how this is supposed to work because the top part will swivel. I mean, the, yes. the, the cup will swivel, and so you're supposed to drink from that while not spilling the bottom container. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I I am following now. You have a swivelly bit, and you have a bit that doesn't swivel, and the point is to for two people to try and drink from it without spilling any. These cups look awesome, though. The wager cup. I feel like we should we should do some of these historically, but we're old now and can't handle drinking games. Pretty much. Oh, especially with wine. We would die. Um, <laughs> we wouldn't use wine. No, We'd we would. I would, whiskey. Be, I would want to be accurate. No, no, we would we would use whiskey. What uh, is it? Is brandy maybe a good compromise or or barley wine? <laughs> yes, I need some. I need some some like what one I need some like hundred proof brandy. I mean, Jeez. it's gonna taste better. Uh, next up, we have. Uh, what's it? Do you think sumble or sumble? Uh, the sumbel. Uh, it's sumbel probably. It's Norse. So. Uh, yeah. So it was a drinking ritual in medieval Scandinavia and other Norse settlements. You may be surprised to hear that Norse drinking culture was relatively civilized. Uh, sumbel means ale gathering. And it was a jovial ceremony that took, uh, that usually took place in a chieftain's hall. A ceremonial cup would be passed around the guests in attendance, who would have to perform an oath, boast, toast, or song before they could take a drink and pass it to the next person. This civilized practice could be the influence of stories about Norse god Odin, who was said to only drink wine and, al- and only after Loki had been served. To honor Odin's <laughs> kindness to his brother, the attendees of the Sumbel would pour a few drops of their drink into the fire after each toast to the gods. In modern day, it has been incorporated into Asatru and is considered one of the most sacred ceremonies the Asatruar participate in. I don't know who the Asatru are. I assume but... the followers of Asatru. Yes, followers mm. of Odin. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I probably no, said that wrong like... and I'm sorry, oh. Jim. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just said uh, <laughs> Odin would only drink after Loki. Yeah, that seems right. 
Yeah, and it's going to vent through well, something. partially that... because he'd probably be worried that he'd poison <laughs> Yeah, he, he would <laughs> yes. only drink the exact same thing that Loki was drinking out of that exact cup after Loki drank it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that, it's, that's, that's because, a good, smart choice, honestly. Because Norse mythology breaks down into everyone wants Freya. Loki is a dick. Yep, pretty much. I, I still love that in the Neil Gaiman. Loki is to blame. It, it just immediately, if something's wrong, Thor is just like, "What has Loki done?" And it was like, "What has Loki done?" You have no proof. It's just a lot simpler to blame Loki. <laughs> Wait, so does that mean Ian is the Loki in our group? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that that checks out. <laughs> I don't know who the rest of us would break down to, but it's <laughs> not important. <laughs> Who's Balder? Well, I could. Hmm? <laughs> who's balder i don't know but i was like well i could make some 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 guesses about who would be what but we'll <laughs> we'll save that for later yeah all right well uh, uh those are some of the uh more in-depth ancient drinking rituals and games i still love the fact that the uh the norse like when you, the vikings like no nah, they 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 just boasted <laughs> <laughs> well you know <laughs> it Things were hard up in Scandinavia. I, I could see it. It was basically that scene from the CGI Beowulf mm-hmm. when all of his men are just like chanting and singing of his deeds. That, that's pretty much what that is. Right. Well, and you can't, uh, <laughs> you don't want to be too wasteful there. Because there's not uh, a lot to waste. <laughs> right. In Greece, everything's just, every, in Greece and Italy, everything's like, oh, everything's going great here. Just. You know, burn all the food. We don't care. We've got more. Uh, so those were ancient ones. Let's move on to modern ones, which break down broadly into a few types. So let's start with uh, endurance. Mm. The simplest kind of drinking games are endurance games, which players would compete to outdrink one another. Players take turns uh, take turns taking shots. The last person standing is the winner. I'm now picturing Pistore. Uh, uh, Pistore. Well, I was, I was going with uh, Indiana Jones and uh, that, that's where I was going. Oh, sorry, I don't recall what they were shouting. I'm no, just picturing what, when she's pretending like she's about to pass out, and they all, everyone starts getting ready to grab for their money. She, when she stops, she's like Pistore. Pistore. I, I forget what was said. All I can remember is is you know Marion doing shots and yeah. drinking drinking grown men under the table. Drinking, it's uh, some old Himalayan. And I will say grown men, because Indiana Jones is problematic. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, some games have rules involving Cascade, Fountain, or Waterfall, which encourages players to drink constantly from their cup so long as the player before him does not stop drinking. These are the games that I'm most familiar with. <laughs> uh Drinking games were just an excuse to, you know, get you drunk. It'll get Didn't you have drunk. time to screw around. We, you had so many hours, and you needed eight hours of sleep or more after all this drinking. So let's get to work. Uh, such games can also favor speed over quantity. Uh, other players would race to drink a case of beer the fastest, often drinking large amounts that would be combined uh, with a stylistic element or uh, abnormal method of drinking, such as boot of beer, a yard of ale... Hmm. I do approve of the art of ale. Or a keg stand. That just seems like a good way to throw up, though. Yeah, yeah, that's just a good waste of beer. 
Tolerance games are simply about seeing uh, which player can last longest. It can be as simple as two people matching each other drink for drink until one of the participants passes out. Uh, Power Hour and its variants, uh, Centurion, fall into this category. Uh, you know, maybe some people make whole albums that are Power Hours. <laughs> I have far too many Ali Spagnola songs on my phone. I still. I felt shut down when we used to do the old video show because I wanted it because it was an, only an hour and I wanted it to be the power hour. No, you guys wouldn't because go for we it. needed to do stuff and had to work the next morning. Power hour would have been great. I, look, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying the have a drink power hour. Maybe one day. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to speed. Uh, many pubs or uh, bar games often involve competitive drinking for speed. Such, such examples are drinking games uh, are Edward Forty Hands. Uh, I have done Edward Forty Hands. Uh, boat races, beer pong, uh, shotgunning, flippy cup, a team-based speed game, and yard. Uh, shotgunning, I have never done, but I am aware of how to do. <laughs> I just... It's Don't. the easiest. It's the most fun. I just It's literally drink the beer. In fairness, I feel like the basics of drinking games should just be, let's play drink the beer. How do you win? Here's a beer. Drink it. All right. What do I win? Another beer. <laughs> uh, some say the most important skill to improving uh, speed is to relax and take fewer but larger gulps. Uh, a large variety of tactics uh, to accomplish this, such as uh, bending the knees in, in anticipation uh, or when drinking from a plastic cup, uh, squeezing the sides of the cup to form a more perfect funnel. Pretty sure that's in the Constitution, right? Yes. In a more perfect funnel? <laughs> that's how the Founding Fathers <laughs> did it. Right. Uh, athletic. Look, if we want to talk about the Founding Fathers. Ben Franklin would drink any of them under the table. It's, the, it's all the syphilis that helped him. Well... <laughs> Athletic races involving alcohol, including the beer mile, which consists of a mile run with a can of beer consumed at the end of it, uh, before the uh, each of the four laps. So I'm still going to do one of the beer mile runs that they have around here. I've wanted to for years, and when I was in actually like some kind of physical shape, I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." The time never happened, and now I'm all fat and like lardy again. But I'm still like, right. no, I want to get out there like wearing my old tight running outfits, like my guts jiggling out of it. Chris, do you, do we need to go into training? Do do we need to do a, a you know a, a beer mile? We need to do a montage and then go do a beer mile. Yeah, I think we need to. All right, I'm just saying we could stream that for for a special thing. Nobody wants that streamed. They don't. Uh, anyway. Uh, I mean, if you do, email us at feedback at have a drink show. If you do, yeah. go support us over at patreon.com slash have a drink show. That's, that's going to be one of our new patron goals. Get Bob and Chris to do a beer mile. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a variant known in uh, German speaking countries uh, as beer Klassenlauf. How close did I get to that? Sure. All right. Uh, where a team of uh, two carries a crate of beer along a route of several kilometers and must consume all the bottles prior to crossing the finish line. No, that's what we have to <laughs> that's, do. That's the one we're doing. That's it right there. <laughs> Why is that not the little... Because uh, So they have the Little King's Mile up around Bachfest, 
uh, How around is the here. Little King's Mile not that? That's what I'm like. It just needs to be two people running with a case of Little Kings between the two of them, and they have to drink the whole case before they finish the mile. <laughs> uh, that will be our that, yes. that that will be our patron goal. The the me and you will do a Little King's Mile <laughs> in the way that we're describing it. Exactly. All right. Um, so let's get into some skill here. Uh, some party and pub games focus on the performance of a particular act of skill rather than either the amount a participant drinks or the speed with which they do so. Examples include beer pong, quarters, uh, chandeliers, also known as gaucho ball, uh, rage cage, stack cup, uh, caps. I've heard, of, I've heard of stack cup. However, gaucho ball sounds much better. I, I'm assuming that's just See, Beirut. I have never heard of that term ever. I'm pretty sure that's just referencing Beirut. Uh, caps, polished horseshoes, uh, pong, and beer darts. Pub golf involves orienting and, uh, and pub crawling together. I've never heard of pub golf, and I am now intrigued. That said, I've done pub crawls that were gamified. I think that's pretty much what packs. it is. So I assume that's that, which... Yeah. Ooh. That was a rough... <laughs> that, that Pokemon we... event? Yeah, I think we've I think told that's... that story on air. Uh, on I think we'll get to episode. it at the end when we tell our, our gaming stories. I have so many bad stories that involve beer games. <laughs> All right, well, uh, this is one that's hard to do while also drinking. The thinking games. Thinking games rely on players' powers of observation, recollection, logic, and articulation. Numerous types of thinking games exist, including Think to Drink, 21, Beer Checkers, Biz Buzz, Buffalo Saved by the Bell, uh, Bullcrap, Tourette's, Matchboxes, uh, Never Have I Ever, Roman Numerals, Fuzzy Duck, uh, Pennying, Wine Games, and Zoom Schwartz Profigamo. Sure. Uh, Trivia games, such as Trivial Pursuit, are sometimes played as drinking games. (laughs) Now, I wonder if this also includes stuff like... uh, um... Uh, Zane Lamprey's official drinking game rules for three sheets, where every time you see certain events, you do a drink. Uh, no, we are getting to that. That oh, is, that oh, is further okay. down in another category. Oh, okay. I hadn't worried my way down yet. <laughs> All right, so uh, you also have card and dice games, uh, which we kind of covered a little earlier. Kings is played with cards. I think everyone's familiar with Kings, Kings Cup. Uh, drinking games involving cards are President, Horse Race, Kings, Liars Poker, Pyramid, uh, Ring of Fire, Topin, uh, Ride the Bus, and Black or Red. Dice games include Beer Die, Dudo, uh, Kinito, Liars Dice, uh, Mexico, Mia, 15, Pounce, Ship, Captain, and Crew, and Three Man. Mm. See, I know the game Three Man exists. We could not remember the rules to it a night when we tried, we had dice and wanted to play a drinking game. This is foreshadowing. <laughs> a little foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, in the chat, uh, Jim. Yeah, I've played a ton of Three. The, that last uh, section is where I think that's where the U.S. kind of comes in. Most people play those kinds of games, card and dice games. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, finally, we move into the arts. So, movie drinking games are played while watching a movie. 
sometimes a TV show or a sporting event, and they have set rules for who drinks when and how much based on on-screen events and dialogue. So the rules may be the same for all players, um, or alternatively, uh, players may each be assigned rules to related to particular characters. So the rules are designed so that rare events require larger drinks. Uh, rules set for such games are usually arbitrary and local, although they sometimes are published by fan clubs. So in reference to film, uh, a popular game among young adults consists of printing out a mustache and taping it on the television screen. Every time the mustache fits appropriately to a person on screen, one must drink the designated amount. This game allows people to do nothing but watch television and drink with purpose. <laughs> um, live drinking games such as Los Angeles-based A Drinking Game involve recreating films in the 80s in a rocky horror fashion with gift bags, drinking cues, and costumed actors. A suggestion to do six shots for SEAL Team 6, following every mention of Osama bin Laden at the 2012 Democratic National Convention, necessitated a prominent disclaimer on the satire site that posted it, as the quantity of alcohol ingested would probably have been lethal. Um, Which one was lethal? I'm sorry, I had to... You're good. I had to lose uh, something for a second. It's the, uh, the amount requested to drink for the do shots for SEAL Team 6 every time Osama bin Laden oh, was mentioned at the okay. Democratic National Convention. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, that, that would kill a man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've also got the, I'm going to say this wrong, Datsyuk game. Uh, it involves Datsyuk. I'm going to say this wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know what this is. Uh, it's a highlight reel being played and contestants drink every time the word Datsyuk is mentioned. Uh, the ceremonial playing of the Russian national anthem before the game is another tradition. Okay, so it's Russian. I don't feel as bad. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm just not going to know how to say any of that. Uh, music can also be as a uh, used as a basis for drinking games. The song Thunderstruck by ACDC is used in which uh, a player begins drinking when the word thunder is sung and switches to the next player the next time it's sung. Thunder. Wow. We could do that so many different you ways. Would like, <laughs> we would all die. Yeah. Um, then finally, sport-related drinking games involve the participants each selecting a scenario of the game resulting in their drink being uh, downed. Example of this, examples of this include participants each pickling... Or, sorry, oh my god. Participants, <laughs> participants each picking a footballer in a game, while other versions require multiple players to be selected. I like Britney's version. <laughs> picking a player. <laughs> uh, um... Should a player score uh, or be sent off, a drink must be taken. Another version requires a drink for every touch a player takes of the ball. Um, and then the mobile app games, which kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> uh, I do not know about the mustache thing. Uh, I uh, haven't. However, uh, I mentioned before, and Chris was saying it's a different category. Do you know the rules to the... the uh, three sheets drinking game no uh let me pull it up here real quick because i know it's on the wikipedia page um god i admit, i loved this show i need to get that brew dog thing so i can bottom yeah bottom so there are only nine rules you drink when zane drinks god. first person 
First person to spot a monkey, including a real monkey or Pleplius, the monkey, makes someone else's drink. The Pleplius shirt counts. Ah. Uh, when Zane uh, mentions his friend uh, Steve McKenna, social, everyone drinks. <laughs> Zane or anyone burps. The last person to give the good burp sign, the, the thumb to the forehead with pinky finger out. Uh... uh they dr- the last person to do that drinks. If someone on the show, Jim the Cops, spills their beer while drinking, uh, it's a social. However, if you drink Jim the Cop, you have to buy someone a drink. If you're Ooh. at home watching at a friend's house, you make it's your turn for a run to the fridge. Uh, if you Jim the Cop uh, while in a chugging contest, you get a three seconds added to your time. Oh. Whenever you see Zane holding a drink improperly... You can make someone drink. Whenever you see a puppy, you drink. He created this rule during the Moscow episode. There's there's also Uh, a dog in the Kentucky episode. I think so, yeah. Uh, You make sure uh, when someone drink... Make sure... uh, Make sure you make someone drink when something's blurred out in the show, like Coke products. Uh, This rule by Zane was founded on Zane Limpery's message center... uh, and whenever you drink, drink with a smile, just like the limit in Lithuania. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that is the most important drinking game. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So <laughs> he was one of the greatest of all times. Yes. Uh, I I assume he may be talking about the hockey player, which apparently was the person that... Uh, Brittany was having trouble saying. Because uh, I don't think they called Zane yeah. Lamprey the magic man. No, no, they did not. <laughs> Although. <laughs> uh, so, drinking game stories. Does anyone but me have them? I mean, I have light drinking game stories because, yeah, not to boast, but no. Whenever I played drinking games, it was rather run-of-the-mill to the T, except when we decided to switch up alcohols being used. Uh, there's the we ponged with Guinness in college, which turned out to be a very poor choice of beverage mm, because yeah. uh, you have to start slamming them, and after you know a couple rounds, you're just like, "Ooh, yeah." It's you're, you're not looking forward to chugging your next beer. <laughs> no, and, and then the rinse water looked like an amber ale. Mm. Just kept getting okay. darker and darker as we rinsed that that ball off. Bye, Jim. Bye, Jim. Uh, so, I've told at least one of these stories on there. One of them is the easiest one to describe, which was the Pokemon pub crawl from uh, <laughs> uh, PAX East, because it was a gamified drink, but we would go to each each bar. They'd give you a set of things you would have to do. So, uh, the... Uh, First stop was just to meet the people on your team, kind of meet everybody up, have a drink, and just just get to know everyone. I had like three drinks there before we actually officially started the... <laughs> you go to the next bar, and it's like, uh, you have a... Uh, you have a color, fire, water, or grass uh, for the starter-type Pokemon Uh Fire was whiskey, I think. Jaeger was grass, and vodka was water. 
So I had a vodka drink and then I had another vodka drink because the guy I ran into that was going to drink with me, he bought that round and I didn't feel right. <laughs> Next place, they gave you a Pokemon card and said, based on its type, you have to go get a drink. Mine was fighting, which meant whiskey, which made a lot of sense to me. Because <laughs> you drink, you drink, you drink, you drink, you drink, you fight. Right. Got drink. Left. Last place before you had the inevitable Mewtwo challenge. Uh, Which was a long island iced tea? No, it was uh, five shots split between two people. We didn't think that was fair, so we did three shots apiece. (laughs) I did three shots of Jameson apiece. And then I blacked out. Should have been five different alcohols. Chris, why you wish that evil on me? I, I think it should have been five different alcohols had to be lined up for shots. The uh, the other story was the first time I got drunk, which was uh, us deciding to try to play Kings, which I had, I had heard the rules of. Uh, the people I was there with knew the rules for Kings, but we had no cards. No cards in the place. So we go to a gas station to try to buy something, and there are uh, dice, but no cards. No one can remember the rules for three-man. So we modified the rules for kings to dice. The inherent problem with that is kings ends when you run out of cards. You don't run out of dice so this ended poorly. This ended with me on the toilet, uh, hugging yeah. it, for it, making making various deals with ver- you know, whatever deity would listen. Which of the gods would pay attention? But yeah, th- th- those are my general drinking stories. I think we may have covered them during our Halloween episode. And if you want a, a very thorough rundown of those uh, and all of our hilarity, you should go back and find find that one or you know don't listen to our shame that's also an option exactly Uh, i think casey put it best our political careers were over when we made that episode yes but uh, i think that just about does it for this episode i think Uh, it's gonna cover it yeah these 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 have given us ideas for things to do in the future i'll say that I will go ahead and say, if uh, you have some great drinking stories you want to shoot us, go ahead and do that. Uh, we'll give you the email address at the end of everything. But let's go ahead and talk about what we've been drinking. Drink with me, friend. All right. Well, <clears throat> Brittany was drinking a Lorelei from Bramari. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did not put any of the information in the sheet, and she's the one who always gets on to us for not putting information in the sheet. So I'm just gonna go ahead and leave it blank, and she can, she can soak it in, in later. what she's done. I mean, we could talk about our experience, the Lorelei. I find it to be a delightful beverage. Oh, it's great. Um, we were talking pre-show about how it looks like spotted cow in the glass. Which, admittedly, if I was going to choose between spotted cow and Lorelei, I'll choose spotted cow any day of the week. Yeah, uh, but Lorelei is from Bramari Brewing out of uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Guess when we pick that up. Hmm. Great, uh, great IPA. Very, I mean, the floral notes in it—I could never get over them. It tastes like fresh uh, 
you want to say like hibiscus and roses just like it's i don't know it's great that's what i picked up in it it's fantastic yeah no it's it's one of those those and we were talking earlier i was like i don't think it's like the best thing about it is it's not trying to like scream at you about i'm the greatest ipa ever it's just a really good ipa yeah it has uh real unique notes to it which yeah i really like it yeah it does stand out i'm just saying it's it's it doesn't feel like it's trying to be i guess more than it is I yeah guess. i don't know all right well justin what are you drinking well, I asked you guys last night which of the which of two beers I should have. Today I went with the other one. Well, okay. So I grabbed uh, the Batisere S'mores Stout, uh, which is from Energy City Brewing. It is a milk stout, uh, I think. Uh, it's a s'mores-themed beer. It's full-bodied with silky mouthfeel and layered with notes of chocolate graham cracker and roasted marshmallow mm. uh, imperial sp- stout is its uh is its style i'm sorry i misspoke uh but it's brewed with cocoa lactose graham crackers marshmallows with natural and artificial flavors and certified color uh let me let me check real quick because i didn't pull up beer advocate uh to see what score it has uh, I can't imagine it being low because uh, it is it's pretty good. Uh, I uh, still trying to find. Well, I guess while you're digging that up, I'll go ahead into mine. Uh, I was drinking Operation Plowshare from Urban Artifact. This is uh, one of the Midwest fruit tarts, one of my favorite ones. A little mm-hmm. little aged this time because cleaning out the fridge for the move. It's a 7.7% ABV, uh, 20 IBUs, and uh, this is all they have to say about it. A Midwest fruit tart brewed with 2,600 pounds of blackberries and 60 grams of vanilla beans per 30-barrel batch. Uh, take a bite into a glass of this liquid jelly donut, and that is what they were going for with it. It's supposed to be a blackberry jelly donut. Hmm. Uh, but it's coming in with a beer advocate score of 4.12 out of 5, so not bad at all. No. I did find the score for mine, which is... Uh, uh, 4.31 out of 5. Ah, I think and, you're better than me, don't you? Uh, I do. I do, because this is one of the best beers I've had in a long time. This is mm-hmm. one uh, that uh, uh, Smoke uh, gave us at Drinktacular, and I've just now got around to, to trying. Oh. It's been one I've been wanting to try, but I'm just like, I don't know when's a good time to... Today I just went, screw it, we're, we're doing it for the episode. Drink them whenever. They don't last forever. Yeah, I know, but part of my brain just assumes I must, like must be a special thing when i have them and maybe just having them itself is a special thing exactly again if you're waiting for the right time and the right people to share it with it'll just be you and jesus at the end of everything uh i mean fair enough oh there's smoke he's like yeah nice speak of the devil (laughs) yeah it is real nice uh this was one of those that i figured i could probably let sit just a little bit though with it being a it being a stout and all yeah, yeah, you got. A little There's a couple time. of styles that I'm like, I got a little bit of time. If I see an IPA in that fridge, I'm like, everything must go. Yeah, 
All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap this one up. I think so, too. Well, don't forget, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can also follow us at Have a, Drink, uh, Have a Drink Show on social media and on Twitch TV. And don't forget to tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email address, uh, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. And again, if you have drinking stories that you wish to share, send them to us. I, we should we should do like a listener uh, uh uh, episode for stuff like that. We should. Uh, you don't even have to use your real name. Yeah, we, we won't. We sometimes. won't tell if you don't want us to. Exactly. But all joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. If you're gonna be playing these games, uh, don't be the one driving. Have a DD who's not participating. Maybe he can be. You can take the ancient ancient China route of this. He could be one of the judges. Of the two type of the two drinking game uh, stories I mentioned. I took a taxi on one of them, and I was staying at the place, the second one. So it ended up being fine. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, you can check us out next time uh, back on Twitch or right here where you're listening to this. And let me find the show exit music. Ha-ha! All right. Well, uh, once again, uh, we've been Brittany Lee Walker, who is absent with a baby. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> Ugh, it's like a party in my mouth and everyone's throwing up.